Let's pray. O God, illumine, enlighten our minds by the power of your Holy Spirit so that as scripture is read and your word is proclaimed, our eyes may see your kingdom, our ears may hear the call of Jesus, and our hearts may know the joy of your salvation. In Christ's name, amen. Well, our New Testament reading is from the second chapter of Colossians. You know, Colossians is a fairly short book with only four chapters. And as you may remember, the New Testament, well, it starts with the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, followed by the book of Acts, and then come the epistles or letters, and then Revelation. Well, the epistles are arranged not by when they were written, but by their length. So we have Romans, First and Second Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and then seventh longest epistle, Colossians. And if you get to First and Second Thessalonians, well, you missed your exit and gone too far. <laughs> Go back a couple. <laughs> so listen now for God's word for us in the second chapter of Colossians, starting at the sixth verse. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the universe, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. And you have come to fullness in him who is the head of every ruler and authority. In him also you were circumcised with a spiritual circumcision by putting off the body of the flesh in the circumcision of Christ. When you were buried with him in baptism, you were also raised with him through faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. And when you were dead in trespasses and uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive together with him when he forgave us all our trespasses, erasing the record that stood against us with its legal demands. He set this aside nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and made a public example of them, triumphing over them in it. Therefore, do not let anyone condemn you in matters of food or drink or observing of festivals, new moons or Sabbaths. They are only a shadow of what is to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Do not let anyone disqualify you insisting on self-abasement and worship of angels dwelling on visions, puffed up without cause by a human way, a, a human way of thinking and not holding fast to the head from which the whole body, nourished and held together by its ligaments and sinews, grows with a growth that is from God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. O oh Lord, may my thoughts, our thoughts, and may my words be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Have you been captured? 
Well, capture is one of those things that it's kind of easy, like a lot of things, a lot easier to see in other people than in ourselves. So maybe I should say, have you seen someone else who's been captured? Well, you know, some forms of capture are a joy to behold. You ever had a friend who was not known for their <clears throat> joyful outlook on life, and you saw them transformed by falling in love? All of a sudden, they are aware of the beauty of blooming flowers, verdant fields, colorful sunsets, the taste of fresh picked fruit, everything in life is wonderful to be celebrated. Well, love has lightened their burdens and their humdrum life has become infused with joy. We, take a, we tend to think of that kind of uh, capture as romantic love, but it shows up in other ways too. I remember one dark, cold night in Georgia. My mother announced that it was time to retire. Son, it's been a long day and I just have to go to bed and get my rest, she said. A little after 11. Well, a little while later, my sister arrives from Florida saying that she too was just exhausted and after that long drive and, and on top of that, her toddler son needed bathing before he could be put to bed. Suddenly, my exhausted mother took my nephew's hand and happily sang out as she skipped out of the kitchen, Dale, it's time for a bath. He was too tired to complain. <laughs> you see, she was captured by grandma love. It's a special thing. Love that even close to midnight energized her and brought her joy. Well, other kinds of uh, capture are just not so happy. Some kinds of capture are tragic. Addiction to alcohol and, and other drugs brings so much heartache and tragedy. I think of my father who said that the very hardest thing he ever had to do as a minister was to tell a lady in the church, a leader in the church, that while she had been in a coma, a coma the doctors really weren't sure she was ever going to come out of. While she was in a coma, they had to bury some of her children, friends of mine. You see, there was a fellow driving a, a long truck, a, a man on heroin, they said, had hit her car. I was only about four or five at the time, but I'll tell you, I'll never forget those little caskets at the front of the church with the mother not able to be in the, at the funeral because she was in a coma in the hospital. The sadness, the great sadness caused by a man who had been captured by drugs. Yet others are, are captured by an idea. I think, of people, I think of people, for example, who decline to have themselves or their children immunized against preventable diseases, despite scientific evidence that vaccines are safe. I believe that anyone who declines vaccination should meet people whose lives have been devastated by that kind of behavior. You cannot meet the deaf and blind and brain damaged children I have met. People whose mothers got measles during pregnancy. You can't meet those people and not 
see an ethical obligation to prevent measles. You see, you don't get vaccinated just for yourself, not just for your benefit, you do it also for others, you know, as you would have them do it for you. Well, being captured by an idea can be devastating spiritually, too, and that is what the Colossians were being warned about in the verses that we read today. They're told that having received Christ Jesus the Lord, continue to live lives in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as they had been taught. Well, then Paul adds a phrase, abounding, abounding in thanksgiving. You see, the response to God's grace that is most fitting and most appropriate is gratitude, thanksgiving. There's a preacher and a scholar and who got a degree at Duke Divinity named Diana Butler Bass. Her latest little book is called Grateful. Well, early on in that book, she, she mentions a survey and says that 78% of Americans said they had felt strongly thankful in the last week. So how, I want to ask for a show of hands. Have you felt strongly thankful lately? Now, Dr. Bass said she felt kind of guilty because she, she had really not really felt all that grateful recently. She said she confessed that she had flunked gratitude. Well, she also had some doubts about that 78% statistics. And if you just think about it, that's 8 out of 10 people, right? Feeling strongly grateful. Now, when you were in a, some long line at the store or the DMV or wherever, having to wait, 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 or if you were stuck in 20-mile-an-hour traffic by one of those 70-mile-an-hour signs on I-40, or maybe if you were in some lovely discussion of the latest political news, do you find that eight out of 10 people seem to be strongly grateful? Well, one thing they said is there's a little bit of response bias there. You know, it's socially appropriate to say, oh yes, I'm grateful. I saw somebody with a big shirt on there, they said, blessed. Well, I'm hoping our faces can show it, not just our t-shirts, you know. Most of us, most of us could improve on our practice of gratitude. And Paul tells the Colossians and us to be grateful for the grace of God that we have access to through Jesus Christ. And then he warns them to avoid capture. See to it no one takes you captive through philosophy and simple empty deceit according to human traditions. And then there's that mysterious phrase about the elemental spirits of the universe. Well, even the scholar's not sure what that part means. Well, but the big thing is that it's not according to Christ. Well, Paul lists a variety of traps and snares that threaten the capture of the Colossians. Do not let anyone condemn you in matters of food and drink or, or observing festivals or new moons or Sabbath. Now, some of those sound odd to us because we don't do that kind of thing necessarily so much today. But here's the bottom line. All of them amount to saying that believing in Jesus Christ, as far as they were concerned, is necessary but not sufficient. We have to follow some additional customs, eat or avoid eating or drinking 
certain things. We have to celebrate particular holidays in a certain way. Some of them were into worshiping angels. Well, and some of them said, oh, Jesus is just a, he's a high-ranking angel. He's not God. Well, that was the kind of thing they would have to deal with. But all of these things, all of them say that you need Christ plus. Well, you know, recently I mentioned that the constitution of our denomination, the Presbyterian Church of USA, part of that constitution is a book of confessions. It's filled with various documents that summarize our beliefs. Some of them are creeds, like the Apostles' Creed, we'll use mobile. And others are catechism, those sets of questions and answers that set forth basic beliefs. One of those catechisms is called the Heidelberg Catechism. And it begins with two questions that get to the heart of today's verses from Colossians. First question is, what is your only comfort in life and in death? And the answer is that, that I belong body and soul in life and in death, not to myself, but to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ, who at the cost of his own blood has fully paid for all my sin and has completely freed me from the dominion of the devil, that he protects me so well that without the will of my Father in heaven, not a hair can fall from my head, and everything must fulfill his purpose for my salvation. Therefore, by his Holy Spirit, he also assures me of eternal life and makes me wholeheartedly willing and ready from now on to live for him. And the second question is, how many things must you know that you may live and die in the blessedness of this kind of comfort? Three, first, the greatness of my sin and wretchedness. Secondly, how I am freed from all my sin and their wretched consequences. And three, third, what gratitude I owe to God for such redemption. Have you been captured? Who has your heart? Do you belong body and soul and life and in death, not to yourself but our faithful Savior, Jesus Christ, who at the cost of his own blood has fully paid for all our sins and has completely freed us? Have you been captured or are you free? Thanks be to God. So go out into the world in peace. Have courage. Hold on to what is good. Return no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the suffering. Practice, practice, practice generosity. Strive for <coughs> gratitude. Love and serve the Lord. Rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.